Hey, I'm Teague. And I'm Sam. And we're your well-informed girlfriends. Bringing you today's news, gossip, and unsolicited hot takes. Okay, so this week we're talking all things Super Bowl, which was exciting. Plus, it's round two of the Trump impeachment trial. That starts this week. Round two, baby. Here we go. Also, people are stealing and bribing to get the vaccine for their families. Rude. And we're all experiencing sleep issues since the pandemic began, so we'll have some advice for you on that. Perfect. I'm not alone. I feel like I haven't slept since the pandemic began. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like all I've done is sleep, and yet I'm still exhausted. Right. I think that that's a general theme. I think that's what stress and depression means. (laughs) Yeah, I think that that is related. Well, we'll talk more about it coming up in a little bit, but let's start with the Super Bowl. Love. Okay, it was kind of fun. I mean, here's the thing. It's, you know, when Tom Brady's at the Super Bowl, it just feels like something we've seen a billion times. But I think it was kind of nice, you know, after the NFL's gone through kind of a year of challenges, you know, with COVID and political discord and, uh, you know, the national reckoning on race. Um, we kind of came to a conclusion we've seen many times, aka seven times Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. He's won more than any team, right? Like any football team he's won more Super Bowls than them it's, I'm pretty sure I saw that on the news this it's morning. crazy yeah um <laughs> but I think Sam you and I really would like to talk about the commercials am I right or yes I mean sports are cool but I have thoughts on the commercials okay and give I me have... your fave give me your two faves I'll give you my two faves Yes. Okay. My first favorite was the DoorDash commercial with Sesame Street and David Diggs from Hamilton and other things, but Hamilton. And um, it was like a little musical and a commercial and an ode to neighborhoods everywhere, which like I wish we could enjoy more, but maybe someday soon. So here's like a little soundbite from that. All from the people in your neighborhood, the people that you meet when you're walking down the street. They're the master chef. The burger flipper, too. The corner store owner bag and low-fat milk with gum and pink shampoo. They're the culinary artist with delicious cuisines. That famous cookie shop in the magazine. And I loved it because I just thought it was so cute. You know, Sesame Street, such nostalgia. And, like, I know that there's a lot of locally owned businesses that say businesses like DoorDash and Grubhub and Uber Eats, all those takeout unfair fees for ordering from them you should order directly from the businesses i get it but also it was a cute advertisement and that's what we're talking about here (laughs) it's cute yeah yeah it's it's a it's an interesting uh concept that whole doordash postmates stuff because they take a huge cut from those restaurants but at the same time i guess if it's getting in business um exactly so it's kind of it's a double-edged sword for sure um my second favorite was drake from state farm they have the guy who plays jake from state farm cute enough on his own in my opinion by the way he had a body double of drake the singer slash degrassi star (laughs) he was confused and kept trying to say jake's lines and then like noisily ate an apple while jake was talking here is a clip of that look guys i don't even have a stand-in of course you do hold on is that drake that's right drake from state farm like, like a, a good, good neighbor. neighbor. Like, like a, a good, good neighbor. neighbor. Stand-ins don't have lines. Oh, okay. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My favorite part of that commercial, too, is like Patrick Mahomes and his body double was my personal favorite human, Paul Rudd. 
Yeah, I love it. My That actually is my friend. That's Kevin Miles, my friend who does those State Farm commercials. He's the new Jake from State Farm. Um, so that was really cool for him to have that experience. He was posting about it and it looked kind of insane. That's like someone's dream, you know, to be featured in Super Bowl ads. But he's been yeah. kind of the face of State Farm now for probably like a year. But to do that was really cool for him. So that was really – that was cool to see. Um, I actually love the Eminem commercial. Um, when they were talking about, you know, giving people M&Ms to apologize for things like mansplaining. That's and then funny. Dan Levy was at the end who just crushed it on SNL this week. That was like such an insanely good episode with him. So he's, good. he's amazing and incredible. Um, but that was one of my favorites. And also the Will Ferrell hates Norway because they have more electric cars than the U.S. That was funny too. Oh, Which yeah. They had forward. a lot of good cameos too, like Aquafina. Yeah, that was that cool. Was funny. I liked it. I wanted to talk for a second about Reddit's five second ad. It literally like popped up on the screen. You had to pause to read it. It talked about how they like learned from their communities last week, like the GameStop stuff, that they can accomplish anything when we come together around a common idea. And I was like, that's kind of smart because I did pause it to watch it, to read what it said. Did you? I didn't, but I'm happy you did. Um that's I that that's uh that's cool. Did you think it was interesting? I, I, didn't I thought see it, it was an interesting concept. Like five seconds of airtime is still probably like millions of dollars, right? Yeah, know. but like not really. I mean, if you're going to like get a Super Bowl ad, you might as well like actually spend money. But maybe they just didn't want to. I guess. I mean, like at the beginning of the ad, it said they were spending their whole marketing budget on this, which I know can't be true because I saw a Reddit advertisement like on a billboard in Chicago yesterday. But whatever. Um but no, I did think it was an interesting concept. I haven't seen it done before. Let me put it that way. Okay, we have to talk about that Jeep ad, though. Oh, the Jeep ad. Very dramatic Jeep ad called The Middle. Um, yeah, this was interesting. It's kind of talked about our country being divided, and it casually is starring Bruce Springsteen, who doesn't really endorse things, usually. Um, here's a soundbite from that. We need The Middle. We just have to remember the very soil we stand on is common ground. So we can get there. We can make it to the mountaintop, through the desert, and we will cross this divide. Our light has always found its way through the darkness. And there's hope on the road up ahead i feel like the country and like a lot of twitter has been divided about this and i think it all kind of comes back to the fact that the country is super divided mm -hmm. and the calls for unity are punctuated by people pointing out there was like an insurrection at the capitol an attempt to stop the fair election process and on the other side you know i guess people think the election was stolen from them so like what do you i mean do you think we should move on Tigger? do you think like, do you think these calls for unity are the right path forward? Or do you think, you know, we should lean deeper into that divide? Or I don't know. What's no, I mean, I mean, I, I understand the idea of like, oh, let's just move on. But at the same time, some of these wounds have been like pretty deep. You know, you can't just like move yeah. on after someone, you know, offends you or offends your community or whatever. You know, I think it's nice for people to be like, oh, yeah, let's just move on now. That didn't happen. It's like, no, dog, that did happen. So we're going to have to like live in that for a second and acknowledge yeah. that it happened. I, I agree with you. I think it's important that our country come together, but I do think that that can only happen when compromise happens. Right. Um, 
And so that's, yeah, that's just how I feel about that. But, yeah. oh, I wanted to talk about another commercial, the Doritos 3D commercial. Did mm-hmm. you see with uh, Matthew McConaughey? He yes. Had the, he was flat and then he eats the 3D Doritos and he comes back to three-dimensional life. Yes. So I randomly interviewed Mindy Kaling about this because she makes like a cameo and Doritos just like trotted her out for interviews, which was like so funny. So what um, did she say when you interviewed she, her? So first of all, she said she had like never really met Matthew McConaughey before. And so she kept joking, like, I don't think he knows who I am, but it's fine. <laughs> she was like, she's like, in preparation for my role, which, by the way, she will admit to you, it's just her being like, <gasps> for two seconds. <laughs> she's like, in preparation for my role, I read his book. And she actually, like, kind of sold me on his book. Did you read it? It's called um, Green Lights, I believe. And it's about his upbringing. And it made a bunch of headlines earlier this year because he had said he was abused as a child and that sort of thing. It's actually apparently very good, though. But anyways, Mindy Kaling's a, ho- a hoot and a half. And if you want to read my story with her, it's on today.com. But she, Love was it. Very, she was really entertaining to talk to. And she really sold me on Matthew McConaughey. She's like, I guarantee you he could not pick me out of a lineup. But <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I know. I love a self-aware celeb. Yeah, we love a self-aware celebrity. That's too funny. Especially one with jokes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. I also want to talk about the halftime performance really quick. Um, yes. The weekend performed. And actually, one of my good friends, Lacante Banks, was the guy who came down from the ceiling. Um, yeah kind of cool he said it was a really cool experience being there Um, I thought it was interesting the bandages on the face did you hear what the weekend said about that well so he's been doing this bit with the bandages and like being injured for months and months and months Mm -hmm. so he performed I believe at the AMA's bit or whatever the most recent awards music show was he had the bandages and then the week like before that in that music video for whichever one that he's been promoting for this long he like got in a drunk driving accident yeah so it's been like kind of a long go ongoing thing every time he shows up in the bandages by the way we have like one story explaining why the weekend is wearing them on our website and it just pops every time because everyone starts googling why the hell is he wearing bandages on the direct quote from what he said is uh the significance of the entire head bandage is reflecting the absurd culture of Hollywood celebrity and people manipulating themselves for superficial reasons to please and validate. So, yeah, that's what he said. I will say, I wish The weekend would wear, like, a different outfit. I've seen him in the same, like, Michael Jackson sparkly red jacket for weeks and weeks and weeks. I'm like, The weekend. I know you got money. Like, get a different jacket, okay? <laughs> okay, so last thing we're going to talk about in regards to Super Bowl is, was it a super spreader event? So before the Super Bowl was underway, here's what Dr. Fauci had to say. You don't want parties with people that you haven't had much contact with. You just don't know if they're infected. So as difficult as that is, at least this time around, just lay low and cool it. Then we also talked to my reporter friend, Tasha, who works at WTSP in Tampa. She filled us in on the city's overall Super Bowl vibes. So a lot of the news stations were showing footage of people out partying last night in Tampa, not wearing masks, not socially distancing. Would you say that was like the overall vibe? Not necessarily. I mean, oh man, I don't know how else to say it besides Florida going to Florida. (laughs) I think. I love that. (laughs) I think, you know, leading up to this. They tried. They were like, we got mask mandates for these outdoor areas we know people are going to be at. The city gave away like hundreds of thousands of masks. I think, you know, at some point it just becomes a little bit of like, you know, a self-responsibility thing. 
And I won't lie, you don't make the best decisions when you're drinking and it, it happens. It was not a good look. I mean, that's just not cool. We're trying to tell people, come down here, celebrate, have fun, be safe. And then you see those pictures and you're like, e. Moving on from the Super Bowl, I wanted to take a second to turn to the more serious, if you will, news of the week. Donald Trump's presidential impeachment trial round two starts this week. So I just wanted to run through some of the things that you need to know. First of all, the case rests on a single charge approved by the Democratic-led House, and it has the support of 10 Republicans. Basically, they are saying Trump incited that deadly January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. As in his first impeachment trial a year ago, it'll be difficult for them to get the two-thirds Senate majority they need to convict him. So the likelihood of it happening is pretty slim. The writing's on the wall is one of the top Republicans said that he won't be convicted. But it's worth noting that during his first impeachment trial, Senator Mitch Ro- Mitt Romney of Utah, you will remember him from the 2012 presidential race. Mm-hmm. He was the only one that voted to convict him last time around. If they, if all the Democrats unanimously vote this time around to convict him, at least 17 Republicans would have to join him to succeed. The likelihood of that happening is pretty slim. They're saying it'll probably be around 10. Um, And I will also note that they asked Trump to testify in person, which he declined through his attorneys. But it led SNL to make this joke. Uh, Former social media influencer Donald Trump. (laughs) He will not testify at his impeachment trial next week. And I, I think I speak for all of us when I say, come on, please. Give us one last show, man. You know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Put in your extensions and burst into that trial like it's Maury Povich and you are not the father. Come on, think about it. You can yell out all the tweets you haven't been allowed to post for the past month. You know, like, worst inauguration ever. Poem barely rhymed. Or no noms for Tim Allen? Hashtag globes too black. Sadly, Trump is not going to be doing that, but he will be defended at the trial by the lawyers who refused to prosecute Bill Cosby and who agreed to represent Jeffrey Epstein before his death, which raises the question, what does Trump think he's being impeached for? Notably, he won't have access to his Twitter account, which he used last time to try and sort of influence the impeachment proceedings. So stay tuned for more on that. We'll have a recap next week. But that's what's happening this week in the impeachment trial. Moving on, we're talking about people stealing the vaccine for their family. So we've seen this uh, quite a few places across the country. It's happening with some doctors, some people in medical fields that are, you know, giving their friends or their families credentials. Um cutting the line and sometimes, you know, ending up stealing the vaccine before it's their turn. So most of the time they're getting caught. But this has me uh, wondering, Sam, if you had the opportunity to cut the line or bribe the system or get the vaccine sooner than you were supposed to, would you take it? Obviously, no. No. (laughs) I mean, but I see why people are doing it. Yeah, I see why people are doing it too, but I'm not saying it's right. Ethically, I mean, frankly, I also, you know, I should mention I'm in the media tier so I'm pretty high up already. Um, so I'm not staring down the barrel of waiting until the end of the year. You know what I mean? I, I'll probably get it in the next couple of months. So I think that that's also a consideration in my decision here. But no, I mean, I've seen a lot of those stories. I read one where these people rented a private jet, flew to Canada on like a reservation, 
and posed as motel workers to get vaccinated, which is just like crazy. I have heard um, in the beginning of all of this, because of the rollout was so unorganized, um, there were some people that were probably like in their 40s just driving to these vaccination uh, clinics or these pods in LA. And at the end of the day, they would have a bunch of leftover vaccine because Again, it was unorganized in the beginning slash is it still unorganized? Probably. Um, but they were just driving through and being like, hey, if you have any extra. And they were like, yeah, please. We need arms to put shots in because we have too many and it's going to expire. So um, there I'm OK with. Okay. It's just the concept of like using subterfuge to get a vaccine early. That right. And wearing like a lot of BS. Yeah. Wearing a costume is a little much and pretending <laughs> like you're a hotel worker is a yeah. little insane. Well, and you know, I mean, I've read a bunch of stories out of Los Angeles of people bribing, trying to bribe their doctors and that sort of thing, which is just, I mean, very LA frankly, but also terrible, I think. And I mean, I even just like with the unequal distribution, I know in a lot of major cities like Chicago and Los Angeles, New York, they've made a lot of the clinics to be in the low income neighborhoods. And yet somehow most of the people that have showed up have been like affluent Karens, if you will. So that's unfortunate as well. It's just sad because like, frankly, if you're affluent, you're probably able to sit at home and not work. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing about it all too. Or like not this whole. work. Right. Well, and the whole rollout too is just, you know, it's a little bit geared for people who understand technology too. You think about all the older people who are having such a hard time getting appointments because they're not tech savvy. So it's almost, you know, a race against time. And it's, it's, it's really unfair for the people who don't either A, have the resources of tech to get an appointment or B, don't understand it because maybe they're older and they don't have anyone to help them. So yeah, it's a little bit of a mess. Seriously, (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I'll say right now, my grandmother here in Illinois is 99 years old. And both me and my mom spent like countless hours, especially my mom, looking for a way to get her an appointment. And it's just been like so difficult. I just, I can't believe that this is how what is allegedly the greatest country in the world not yeah. allegedly i love america but this has been an absolutely botched rollout it's really tragic to see it happen and unfold yeah it's been botched but i will say if you look at other countries where we are ahead of them um some of them as far as the vaccine rollout is considered in china it's going horribly and also it's like there's no efficacy in their vaccine it's like 50 mm-hmm. percent efficacy so um all things considered i think we will get it together it's just gonna take a little bit of time uh, to get organized now anyways should we move on yes let's talk about sleep sleep issues during the pandemic if you are experiencing sleep issues like i am i think sam is too um i want you to know you're not alone. Here's what an expert had to say about sleep during the pandemic. And so, you know, there are people who are already experiencing sleep problems and some of those are being exacerbated by this pandemic, mostly due to anxiety. And then there are also people who have never had sleep problems before who are experiencing them, you know, maybe for one of the first times in their life because of all the uncertainty and changing. So, a lot of people are calling this Corona insomnia or Corona somnia, I guess is how you would say it. Ooh, cool. <laughs> so, you know what? Listen, we love wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> so here are a couple of tips that uh, the Today Show had uh, when they talked to a couple of experts. One, deep breathing. Count your breaths. Kind of the same concept as like, um, what is it called? when you ca- Oh, when you count the sheep, you know, just like count your breaths as you're, you know, trying to go to sleep. Um, treat yourself like a baby with child's pose, like a yoga pose. Um, yeah, rest your body over your legs and put your forehead down on the pillow. 
Keep your phone out of the bedroom. Keep a journal next to your bed and count five things you're grateful for. That's great. I love those. Um, a few other ones are creating, these are, this is from the Sleep Foundation. Um, they talk about creating a sleep inducing bedroom, uh, whatever that means to you, whether that's like making your windows dark or uh, just making it like comfy, cozy, somewhere you want to go to sleep. Um, and then they also talk about optimizing your sleep schedule because your body likes to be in some sort of routine. Um, so that's always helpful. And finally, they talk about, uh, crafting a pre-bedtime routine so kind of getting into that schedule yeah yeah and kind of like making it a regimented thing instead of just like looking at your phone and then trying to fall asleep yeah (laughs) which is exactly what I do which is my sleep routine yeah yeah my sleep routine is just scrolling through Instagram for sure And like listening to my dog whimper quietly. She is not abused, you guys, but she does hate the crate. Like I can't make her love it because she has now slept in my bed like at least once. And she just wants to be there, but she can't because if she jumps down, she'll break her leg. So that's where we're at with the dog. You could get a little, you could get, you could get sidewalls on your bed so she doesn't jump out. Oh my gosh. Like for Yeah. That's actually (laughs) That would be so ugly, but not the worst idea. It would be we'll, we'll so be embarrassing if you ever had a guy over. <laughs> this is my this is my cradle that I sleep in. <laughs> oh, that was super embarrassing, but also like a little funny. So whatever. Anyways, <laughs> speaking of guys. BuzzFeed put together a list of 22 red flags that made people realize they weren't dating the one. And oh, God, these are just something it's else. so good. Here's some of my personal favorites. Uh, this is a girl who said that the guy insisted on re- reading all of her college assignments to check and see if they were good enough. <laughs> and then another person. I just like I can't with that. First of all, I don't even read my own like assignments. How dare no. I? <laughs> I'm kidding. Obviously, I do. But anyways, and then another person said, my first boyfriend in high school would go through my phone every single time we hung out. He'd read through my text messages, check my socials. They figured it was normal because it was their first relationship and like never cared because they didn't have anything to hide. But then her friend told her this wasn't normal. Time they hung out, she asked to go through his phone, and instead of obliging, he proceeded to chuck it across the room. He was cheating on her the whole time. (laughs) That sounds so typical and so correct. That is like... (laughs) we knew where that was going that is so funny I just yeah no for sure the most possessive like guys that are convinced that you're cheating are definitely the ones that are cheating oh yeah no totally totally absolutely oh another operating theory I have is like the couples that post the most about how in love they are on social media are secretly like I wonder about that yeah I mean I look at like people like Army Hammer and his ex-wife now and I remember they had all those lovey-dovey like they loved each other and now obviously we know how that turned out uh, so there are mm-hmm. some people that I'm like, really? Yeah. Or even just like in my anecdotal friend group, I'm kind of like, all right, I get like a birthday post, just anniversary post, whatever. Like, I get it. You have to post occasionally about them, but like aggressive amounts. I'm kind of like, Ooh, yeah, it almost feels like they're like trying to prove something to that person. When I was cheated on in college, anytime I would like catch him cheating, he would immediately post like this, like really nice thing about me. Like, oh, I love this girl so much. She's the best. I'm like, I hate you so much. But I think it's like a psychological thing, you know? Yeah, that's manipulative. Yeah, for sure. Jeez. Anyways, what about you, Sam? Do you have any relationship red flags? Oh, my God. I'm like so many, but 
my personal fave, well, least fave, but the biggest red flag that I should have been really worried about, but was like, I guess it makes sense, um, was this guy had seen like on and off kind of didn't want to tell all of our friends we were dating. He was like, no, let's just keep it between us. And like, we'll tell them when the time is right. And I was like, what? <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so that didn't work out. Weirdly enough. Weirdly enough, yeah. Uh, probably comes as a shock. <laughs> That's crazy. But I mean, yeah, no, I think I think he's not willing to like tell all of your mutual friends that you're dating. Probably not. Yeah, definitely. Friends. That's an absolute red flag. <laughs> Hi, yo. So can we keep this just totally secret? Um, yeah, no, crazy. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. It's been a fun one. If you guys want to follow along throughout the week, you can follow us at Well Informed Girlfriends on Instagram. And my personal is at TeagDP. And my personal is at Samantha Kubota. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.